0: The Money Show. Consumer Ninja. This is maybe a problem you've never thought about, but uh, if you own a property with a partner. Uh, a spouse or a life partner or a friend or a colleague or a sibling, perhaps. It's something you really need to pay attention to because, like so many people, buying a property is a hell of a big investment to make. And so you may go in with someone. What would happen, though, if one of you died? What would the consequences be for the one who was left alive? Wendy Noda, with this cheerful product, uh, product this cheerful thought this evening, <laughs> uh, I'll consume a Ninja. And this, unfortunately... Co ownership of a home is lovely, sweet, and romantic. But if somebody does die, it can wreak havoc for the for the surviving partner.
1: Yeah, it's also a good idea, you know. If if the other horrible thing happens and you get divorced, um, you know, you both, <laughs> you want to um, have equal stake in the house and its proceeds. So yes, many people do it. But um, so like many couples. Uh, Alan, it's not his real name, but he and his wife um, both appear in the title deeds of their home, which they bought in Hillcrest in KZN, in 2008. Um, Their monthly monthly payment is currently around 9,000 rand. um, And it's been paid from day one and every month since in full without fail, um, all from Alan's account because his wife had no income, so he paid it that is beside the point although it is actually part of the point because he can continue to pay it and he thought things would just carry on as they were but um what happened was the attorneys handling his estate's estate sent him a letter that they got from Ned Bank, uh, which holds the the loan and it um so sorry his his wife passed away sadly last August that was an important fact I just left out um and then, he got this letter from Ned Back stating that um, he has four options. Um, he they demanded full payment um, outstanding on the loan, which is around 582,000 Rand, right? Um, the other options were to enter into a payment plan with the bank, and we all know what the, that leads to a whole lot uh, more interest um, ultimately or to apply for a so-called endorsement, or to sell the house to pay that 582,000 rand debt. So none of those were particularly appealing to Alan, but he approached NetBank to find out what that endorsement meant. And he told me in an email, it turned out to be an application for a new home loan. So I did that, uh, obviously in his name only, and two weeks later I was told, that it had been declined due to my age. Ellen is now 72. I'm reading his email thinking, I wonder how many people this could potentially apply to. He says, I just cannot understand the logic behind this process. I've never defaulted um, a single month. Um, And, you know, he just thought that he'd carry on paying. um, they're
0: They're perfectly happy for him to continue in the existing contract with a spouse who was not contributing to the mortgage in the first place but ask for another mortgage exactly. to replace the existing one so that you can tick the box and you're told no you're too old
1: yes Phew. well apparently it's the law and my question was uh, to net bank was is this a case of the laws and us and and now he's his only option would be to sell the home that he's uh been paying towards for 14 years this after, you know, seven months after losing his beloved wife, it was just all too much for Alan, and you can understand it. He says, um, You yeah, know, it was traumatic enough for me uh, to losing my wife for 40 years, but now to have NetBank apply heavy handed tactics to force me to sell my home is devastating. So, of course, the case really piqued my interest because I think, you know, it's not a unique situation. Um, and I said to the, to the bank, you know, Ed Bank is not at risk here. He can and will continue to pay his instalment as agreed, just as he's always done. Um, and I said, it seems to me that having the house with both spouses' names is a good idea if a couple divorces, but a very bad idea when one of them dies if there's no credit life insurance on the property or on the loan, um, as in this case. So, Nedbank's response was, there was an off-the-record response which was better than the on-the-record one, but, you know, we've got to honour the off-the-record uh, thing. So, here's the on-the-record response. The administration of the Deceased Estates Act of 1965 prescribes that all assets and liabilities of a deceased person must be wound up in a liquidation and distribution account. The finance property will form part of this account and, therefore, we have an obligation to have the deceased overcalled recalled, hey, um, Ellen's wife, removed from the mortgage loan agreement held with Nedbank. There is no limit on the time it must take for the estate to be finally wound up, but it should be as soon as reasonably practical. As per our loan agreement, the deceased deceased estate's recoveries department has no recourse if the debtor defaults due to the fact that the property would fall within the parameters of the aforementioned act. So I asked how much a credit life insurance premium would have been on that particular property just to see what we're looking at, and they the answer was we can't say. Don't know why, uh, but clients as co-debtors are jointly and severally liable for the debt. Hence, the credit life insurance premium is based on the full amount, not half share. The benefit being that the full outstanding amount would be settled upon the death of the yeah. insured party. So it does cost quite a bit. That's why I asked, what would it have been? What it would have added to that nine thousand rand a month that they were paying on the loan itself? But um, as I say,
0: there was an off the record response that was. Um, okay. But, but then I, mean, I can't I, share. I, I look at this, Wendy, and I go, well, all right. So if you're going to buy a property in each of your names, do you need to go out and take complicated credit life insurance and all of that sort of stuff? Or can't you just get normal life insurance so that when you die, because you will one day and there is still a liability, yes. you have life yes. insurance? Boom. There is that. Problem solved. Thank you very much. That's the solution you're to just this. just paid
1: problem. off, yes. It could, be li- it could be life insurance or, or, or in general, or it could be credit life insurance um, on the, each specific mm. debt. Whatever works, whatever puts you in a situation that, uh, you know, uh, that Alan, uh, other than Alan's one, which is his only real option was to sell the house. Uh, I think there might be another option that I can't mention, but, but <laughs> that's what he was looking at. And when I shared it with him, he said, this is the explanation I've been trying to get from the bank for ages in order to just understand my predicament without any response. So that's the other issue that we always talk about in this segment, Bruce, is yeah. a woeful lack of communication. But but be that as it may, yes, you're absolutely right. The takeout for all of us should be um, – look, the banks have no choice. That You can't have any account uh, you know, in the name of a deceased person. I lost my father a few months ago, and we – Dealing with all sorts of things relating to that, so yes, it's a legal requirement. But please, you know, get some kind of insurance, um, as you say, a life or credit life, that means that you that you know the debt gets paid off. Um, But it still is rather bizarre. I think that the uh, the law needs to be looked at. I I think the law in this particular case um, is an ass because. You know, as you say, he's he's demonstrated. Um, he's not like he's about to go into retirement. He's demonstrated that he might be seventy-two, but he's good for the that nine thousand yeah. a month. And I mean, could he have has just
0: carried on. He, these, he made a couple of assumptions. He made the assumption that if he died, um, he would have an estate, and the estate would help to wind up the property. Um, if she well, died, well, she wasn't making, making a contribution anyway. So, what's the problem anyway? So there's there's this is a technicality and it's in law and therefore the bank has to go through the process. So cover yourself for some insurance. Make sure that you can cover your liabilities. That in case one of you does die, the other one isn't left with a problem because um, it's not malicious, it's not intentional, but it's a nightmare no. for the survivor and. I mean, just please don't expect any empathy from a financial services provider. I mean, having been through similar loss to yours in the last 13, 14 months, Wendy, uh, you know, you get a call from a big financial institution and it's just like, could you just slow down for a moment? Yes, it is me. Oh, yeah. Could you just pause? I mean, this is fresh in my, you know, it's very nice that you're doing your job and you're being incredibly efficient. And I guess people put a barrier up around themselves in case somebody starts crying on the phone or something, but just have a little humanity in the process. Please have humanity.
1: Yeah, yeah. They should train for it, but um, clearly it's not really happening, on, not, not a, on a broad scale.
0: I don't think so. Thank you, Wendy Nola. Wendy, I'll consume a ninja on a Wednesday night.